Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back into the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Of course, we are part of Ball Blast Football. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to be a little confused because the intro man says, Matthew Betts, I'm here. We got John Helmkamp, he's here. And Matt Okada, he is not here. But we replaced him with an even better guest here. (laughs) Sorry, Okada. Uh, We have James Coe on the show today. Super excited to have you today, James. How are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? Oh, man, I'm doing great. You know, it's great to be part of the program. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously you guys are doing a fantastic job. So uh, just to be part of what you guys are doing, it's certainly an honor for me and glad to be here. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate the kind words. Uh, we were all chatting before we started hitting record. Um, what a blitz of like news or rumors yeah. that just happened right before we got on the mic. So we have a lot to discuss tonight. Before we get to that, let's check in with John, the best beard in fantasy. John, how oh, you thanks. doing, buddy? Uh, hanging in there. Um, we've had a little bit of reprieve from the heat down here in the desert, which has been lovely. Even, uh, some sprinkling of rain every once in a while, but now we're back up to like over a hundred every day until the rest of the year. Um, so we're hanging in. Yeah. We're just, uh, surviving in the desert. It's all we can do. That's rough, man. Uh, my wife and I, this morning we woke up, we were like, were you chilly last night? Like the window was open. Were you cold? We were both like, yeah, like maybe we should close (laughs) I live in Vermont. It is a, uh, so it's it's a crisp and cool, crisp and cool ninety seven <laughs> in Phoenix, which is uh, like a solid ten to fifteen degrees lower than normal, and it's still ninety seven degrees. Nope, don't like that. Don't, uh, fellas. Before we get into the news, when there's a lot of it, uh, I just want to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter at RedshirtsFFPod. Of course, the website. It's ballblastfootball.com. And if you like what you're hearing, please, please, please rate and review the podcast. It helps us out. A ton and a very exciting announcement. We've been talking, I feel, about it for like, I don't know, two a months, while. three months, four months, maybe even six months. That merch is coming to the site. It is officially here. It is launched. Ballblastfootball.com is the place to go. We got mugs, shirts, uh, you name it, even a phone case. Kate, Kate made a phone case. Love uh, it. So there's tons of stuff on there for you to check out. I uh, would really encourage everyone to do that. Fellas, let's get into the news. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh. I got news. Fellas, let's start with the positive news today. Joe Mixon gets his money. He signs a four-year, $48 million contract extension to stay with the Bengals. Let's talk about this from, from 2020 and then also from a dynasty perspective. Fellas, where do you have Joe Mixon ranked in your running back rankings for 2020? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, for myself, you know, I, I probably have him. Sorry, I'll, I'll jump in there. But yeah. I, I was thinking, you know, as a yeah, as a top 10 running back, um, I, I guess he's in that tier where for me, it's like, you know, like Kenyon Drake, you know what I mean? Um, uh, a player that I think has explosive upside uh, and can certainly uh, do work and do damage, but uh, maybe not in the best circumstances. I think the Cincinnati O-line is probably one of the five worst in the NFL. Um, and we're not exactly sure what that offense is going to look like with Joe Burrow. I love Burrow, don't get me wrong. Um, and certainly they have weapons, you know, in terms of Tyler Boyd and uh, A.J. Green. So there are certainly elements in place for him to be 
um, a top five fantasy running back, a top five player in all of fantasy. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, again, I, I think he does come with some uncertainty. And um, for me, he's a player that, again, is a top 10 fantasy running back. But I'm just I'm not sold on taking him before somebody like Julio Jones yeah. or Devontae Adams, which we're seeing a lot in drafts right now. Yeah, I completely yeah, agree. Um especially in, in redraft formats for this year in particular. I mean, taking Mixon over Julio Jones just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I would feel much better about taking Mixon as my RB2 um, than taking him as my RB1. Like, if I was at the back half of, of the, the first, take a higher-end guy in the first round, come back and get him in the second, okay, like, that that's an option. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. We're, we're still kind of waiting and seeing, right? It's like every year is Joe Mixon's breakout year but we haven't really seen him string it all together yet. So um, good for him for, for getting paid and getting paid well. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what this offense is going to develop into, but I, I do think there's a little bit of growing pains that are going to be coming, especially with this weird shortened off season, not getting Joe Burrow into live action, you know, until week one. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they string it all together. Yeah, for sure. The tough part is just the ADP with Joe Mixon. Like, if he was yeah. a round two player, I would smash the draft button every single time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so tough to pass on a guy like Devontae Adams, who could lead the league in touchdown receptions this year, or Julio Jones, who could lead the lead in tar- league in targets this year. Um, it, it's tough, but certainly he showed the, the second half of the year, man. He was a monster, a league winner last season after being a huge disappointment in the early half of the year. But good for him. Gets the money. John, I'm going to kick it back to you, man. We're talking Dynasty. Where does he fall in your ranks? Does he move up with this news or stay the same? What do you think? It stays the same because I kind of always thought that they would extend him. Um, he's a young running back. They're building that offense out. I kind of expected him to be there. So he stays. This doesn't move the needle for me. Um, he's a fringe RB1 um, is the way that I look at him right now. And he obviously has explosive upside like James was saying. Um but until we see it, I, I can't really move him up the rankings. I, I need to see this offense in full gear, seeing him be a consistent producer, see if that offensive line can actually get anything done. You know, they get Jonah Williams back um, last year's first round pick. Great. But there's still a lot of holes. So uh, there's still a lot of questions, even though he got the money. Um, but we'll see what happens as this year kind of goes on. I'm, I'm excited about it, man. Gets to be tied to Joe Burrow for yeah. the next several years. I mean, four years in Dynasty and fantasy football is a lifetime. So if those two are paired together, I'm, I'm excited about that for sure. Um, I did a, a test right before we hopped on here because I'm a sick individual. I hopped in an underdog fantasy draft with all of this news going on to figure out, okay, what is like the, the, the initial take of everyone else out there? Joe Mixon went at eighth overall in the draft. Not too much higher than he's been going, maybe a, a couple spots. But then Alvin Kamara fell to the 203 in this underdog fantasy draft. This is a best ball type of format. And let's go right to Alvin Kamara. The news came out that potentially the Saints are interested in maybe trading Alvin Kamara. And we, us, you know, the three of us who were talking before we started recording, we're like, no way are they going to trade Alvin Kamara. They've got Drew Brees likely in his last season. They traded for Emmanuel Sanders, as James pointed out. It's like everything is in place for them to win right now. I don't see them trading him and, and, you know, the reports are coming out. They're in contract discussion. Maybe by the time this podcast drops, they'll have already signed a new contract, but it was me. I took him at the 203 and I was extremely excited about it. So I'm still confident in Alvin Kamara. Fellas, what are your thoughts here on the situation? 
Well, you know, for for me, first of all, what are you doing passing on him in the first round? <laughs> that's hey, that's fair. That is fair. I took Adams <laughs> with my selection. Um, but no, I I understand what you're saying. Look, uh, the bottom line is, uh, I mean, Ian Rappaport had a uh, a conversation r- reportedly with uh, Kamara and his agent, and neither one said that they were demanding a trade, or or they never really even said they were holding out. They've been at camp now; they haven't participated in drills, but they're there, so it's not really um, a holdout situation that we're looking at. So to me, it screams out someone in the front office using that report as a potential bargaining chip. And I don't buy it. You know, this is a team that's built to win right now. Michael Thomas in his prime. They signed Emmanuel Sanders. They've got a good offensive line. Um, Their defense has some holes in it, but overall, I don't think it's one of the worst defenses in the NFL. We'll see what Marshawn Lattimore does here uh, with another year under his belt. But I, I just don't buy it. You know, I don't buy the trade rumors. I don't buy that report whatsoever. Uh, to me, it just seems like a planted story uh, being used as a negotiating chip. And, and that's kind of where I would go. And to me, I think if anything, if I'll, I'll tell you this, if anything, if the Saints don't want to pay the guy long-term money, fine. That means they're just going to feed this guy the rock, man. And I kind of see that as, if anything, as a positive, at least in redraft uh, for this year. And we'll see if Alvin Kamara's body can hold up. He was dealing with a a couple of issues last year. But if he gets touches, if we're talking, you know, you know, 15 to 20 touches a game, sign me up all day long. This is a dude that can be a top five player in fantasy. Easy, hands down. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Going into this year, he's my RB3 right behind CMC and Saquon. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not buying it either. I think that this is just they're in the middle of negotiations. I mean, that report, I, I saw that same thing come out right before uh, from Rappaport. It sounds like um, Kamara and his agent are like, we haven't heard anything about that. Like, we're, we're here talking. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. So... I don't know. We'll we'll just see. I'd be really shocked though if they tear down this offense in Drew Brees' last year. It just doesn't make any sense. No, it makes zero sense. I'm I'm buying the dip if he falls in drafts. Yeah. Uh for sure. I'm with you guys on that one. No doubt. Next piece of news, it's not quite as exciting. It's not quite as friendly. It's not that nice. Leonard Fournette, boys, he's gone. <laughs> he's not a Jacksonville Jaguar anymore. Cut uh just a few days before the start of the season here. We're just over a week out. Um, and he clears waivers. He does not go signed. We talked about this, Michelle and I, on the Ball Blast YouTube channel, so check that out if you're looking for more details. But I'm going to kick it back to you guys. What are we doing here with the backfield in Jacksonville? Because I feel like Leonard Fournette is just a question mark. Like We have to wait and see. But if you're drafting a, a Jacksonville Jaguar running back, I mean, and I can't even say that with a straight face, I... who, who are you taking in fantasy this year? Um, for me, it's going to be Divine Ozigbo. And again, it's my initial reaction to it was kind of, I think we're going to see a committee. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Reichwell Armstead, you know, taking a series and then Ozigbo taking another series and then Chris Thompson working in as a pass catching running back because, and I know. I know Thompson is very intriguing, uh, mostly because of the offensive coordinator. Jake Gruden was his coach in Washington. Now he's the offensive coordinator there in Duval. And 
you figure Jay will go with the guy that he's familiar with and the guy he's familiar with, no doubt about it, is going to be Chris Thompson. I talked about this on my own podcast uh, today, but the reason I'm not as high on Chris Thompson as other folks might be is because, look, the guy's going to be 30 years old in October and since 2011, he's torn his ACL, suffered broken bones in his back, tore up his shoulder and broken his leg. You really have to ask yourself, how much has that taken away from his athletic ability and how much can you really kind of sort of trust Chris Thompson in any kind of expanded role? I think Divino Zigbo to me, when I watch him play, um, he has the attributes anyways to be a low end three down starter. Um, he is a masher. Um, and he is a straight, pretty much a straight line player. We're talking about a guy who's, you know, 230 pounds. He ran a four, five, five 40 or something in that range, which is really good for that size. Yeah. Also had a 37 inch vertical again, really good for that size. Um, and, and his feet to me are a little bit more active than Ryquel Armstead. So, Armstead to me, he just seems like a short yardage guy. And if I'm if I'm having to push my chips in on one guy, it might be a Zigbo. Yeah, um, I agree with you on that. I don't I don't know that Chris Thompson can hold up, and I think that he's basically just going to be used as a pass catching back, maybe even in a limited capacity that way, just to try to keep him on the field. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. He. Um, Ozigbo is definitely a, uh, a bruising back, a kind of one cut downhill guy. Um, and he has a chance. I, I just don't know that I want anything to do with it. Um, unless you've got a very deep bench, you know, if this is your kind of standard, uh, six bench redraft, you know, one quarterback league, I don't know that he's someone that I'm, I'm actively going to go out and try to draft, but in deeper formats. Yeah. I'll might stash him and, and see what happens. Um, but it's uh it's it's not a very exciting backfield currently at the moment. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys on that. I have Raquel Armstead in a couple dynasty leagues just because it was like a, a fourth or a fifth round pick, and I was like Leonard Fournette's got some injury concerns. I might just stash him and see what happens. I tried to trade him away for anything I could in the last 24 hours. Uh, I don't really believe even the player that much. And and I agree. I think Zigbo is going to be the guy that's really the the hammer. There was a quote coming out today saying that like. The, the backfield has just been like, you know, Zigbo's in for a few plays, then it's Armstead, then it was Fournette, then it's Thompson. It's like, it, this is going to be a committee. I don't want much part of it. And James, I'm not even sure if you mentioned it in the injury history of Chris Thompson, also coming off a major ligament repair in his toe, which, you know, that turf toe type injury, we, we saw it with AJ Green can be can be tricky. So I'm with you guys, man. I'm, I'm probably staying away unless it's like the very last round of a best ball draft. Then maybe I'll dip my toes. We'll, we'll see. Uh, fellas, that wraps up the news. We do have a little bit of injury uh, updates to get into, but I want to encourage all of our listeners on the last episode, I sat down with Stefani Bell from ESPN. We talked about all the major injuries you guys want to know about. Big Ben, David Montgomery, Chris Carson, Will Fuller, I mean, everyone. So that's on that show. Check it out. But two quick things. Lamar Miller activated off the PUP, and then Tyra Williams placed on injured reserve. I want to spend a little bit of time on that, guys. We are Brian Edwards fans on the show. We also like uh, Hunter, Hunter Renfro as like a cheap mm-hmm. kind of PPR type guy. James, I've talked to, to John enough about this this wide receiver room. So <laughs> yeah. hit me with your thoughts on the situation there. Uh, any players that you like in fantasy this year? 
Uh, how do you not like Brian Edwards? You know, you. He, he was already making <laughs> making a lot of noise in camp. He, he's uh, projected to be, um, you know, the week one starter at the X position. You know, you mentioned somebody um, in Hunter Renfro and and I loved Hunter Renfro's spot on the team last year. But if this is a team that we're talking about using Henry Ruggs in the slot as kind of a speed slot guy, uh, kind of like how Arizona uses Christian Kirk, uh, how much more room is there on this offense for someone like Hunter Henry, who had a fantastic end of the year last year, by the way? Um, this is not just some random guy. No, from the slot in, in PPR formats um, to end out you know, 2019, Hunter Renfro is actually a good, usable player at the wide receiver position. But if Henry Ruggs starts eating into that, I'm just curious. I'd be curious to find out... Um, and see how much 11 personnel they're going to use. This is a team in the Raiders that did not go um, to 11 personnel very often. So we're talking about three wide receiver sets. Um, I've got it here. Let me just look it up real quick. But um, this is a team that uh, last year used 11 personnel on 52% uh, of their snaps. That was the ninth lowest rate in the NFL. So Gruden's offense doesn't really feature a lot of three receiver looks. And I just think that's going to be a problem for Hunter Renfro. So if I'm going to be investing in, in, in any two receivers uh, in this offense, it's certainly going to be Brian Edwards. And it's certainly going to be Henry Ruggs. I mean, you got to think, look, they're going to try to find ways to manufacture touches for rugs. This is a first round draft pick, a receiver in the first round. Come on now, you know, the Raiders and John Gruden are going to try to manufacture uh, touches for rugs. So whether he's, um, you know, playing flanker or whether he's playing kicked inside, it doesn't matter. They're going to keep him on the field. Hunter Renfro might be that dude uh, who maybe has great chemistry with Derek Carr. Certainly seemed that way last year, but will he be on the field enough to make an impact? We shall see. We shall see indeed. Uh, fellas, that wraps up the news. Today we are talking, we didn't even tell people at the start of the show <laughs> what we're talking about today. There was so much news. We are talking 2020 league winners. And before we get to that, I want to remind everyone, if you're going to be a league winner this year, which if you're listening to the show and you're listening to James' advice, you will be, you need to check out trophysmack.com because, fellas, there's nothing worse. And I know it's a weird season, but if you're showing up to even like a Zoom draft or a draft with buddies and you're doing like a socially distanced outdoors one, I've seen some cool stuff online with that. Don't show up without a trophy. I mean, come on. Don't don't be that league. You need a trophy, and you need to find it from trophysmack.com. When you go there, add a championship ring to your cart. Enter the code BALLBLAST, all one word, at checkout. You're going to get that ring for free. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I love free stuff. So check that out. Uh, lots of good products there over at Trophy Smack. Boys, we're talking league winners for 2020. We've got to start with our guest. James, hit the people with your first league winner here this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I'm really intrigued by Raheem Mostert. Not, and I've gone on record in, in a couple different spots saying that Mostert, to me, has top five RB potential. Um, and I truly believe that. Look, I just buy into the Shanahan system, period. And Shanahan with that outside zone um, is just doing damage. It doesn't matter what running back is out there, but when you have somebody explosive like Raheem Mostert, I think it adds up. This is a guy that is looking for the bag, and I just feel like every single time he's looking for that outside zone run, he's going to be chasing bags each and every carry, and I'm not really that worried 
by the specter of Tevin Coleman. I'm not really worried by the specter of Jarek McKinnon, who I know that they will try to find uh, ways to get him touches as well. I think for, for me, Raheem Mostert, even if he were to average anywhere between 12 to 15 touches a game, extremely explosive player. Um, we saw what he did in the playoffs, you know, 220 rushing yards against Green Bay, four total touchdowns. He got 31 touches in that game. So, I mean... That, to me, indicates, look, if this guy gets rolling, I don't think the Niners have any problems giving him the ball. And if they're going to go with that rotation, I could still easily see him getting 12 touches a game. <clears throat> and this is a player that you're getting, you know, fifth, sixth round. I like the upside. I'm a guy that chases upside. And to me, Mostert is somebody uh, whose upside I will absolutely chase. And I do believe if everything pans out, this is a guy that you're going to be looking back and saying, yeah, how did we miss the train on this dude? We love Shanahan. We saw what he's in the playoffs and he's still going in the fifth round. And that's why I think Raheem Mostert has the chance to be a league winner for mm. you. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that's <laughs> good reaction. Huh. John. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's definitely an interesting proposition. Um, our co-hosts, Kate and Michelle are all in on the Mostert, trained they have been all off season um they're showing up on anyone's podcast that they can get on to beat the drum for that guy um i've i've been less inclined um just because i do think that we're going to see more of a rotation i do kind of buy the narrative um of tevin coleman dating back to atlanta with shanahan um and that shanahan was on the coaching staff when they drafted him that as soon as he became a free agent they went out and they got him um, I think that if Tevin Coleman is coming back and he's fully healthy, I think that he carves out a pretty decent role. Um, but it, it's tough for me. It's really hard because um, I agree with you that the upside is there because he did look very, very explosive when he had the ball in his hands. They used him heavily in the playoffs. Um, but to me, there's so many question marks in terms of the usage and what this offense is is going to look like with having essentially no wide receivers anymore on the team um, that I'm wondering – how often are they going to be rolling him out there in the fifth round? It seems a little early to be chasing the upside for me. That's just my personal like draft strategy. Um, I'd rather have more security there at the RB two position on my roster. Um, But the upside is certainly there for what he can do. If he does get a heavy workload, if he's getting 15 touches a game, like you said, then yeah, he's going to outperform that ADP and he's going to be a good asset for that offense, especially like I said, with them not having any receivers, maybe he's someone that they put out there for some heavy receiving work um, and, and line him up and get him into space and get the ball to him and manufacture opportunities for him to, to do, do what he does in space. So um, that's interesting. The top five had me like, go. <laughs> John doesn't Woo. like it. No, it's not that I don't like it. It's just the top five had me sit back and go, dang, am I missing something here? I mean, but it's, yeah, it's possible for him for sure in that, in that offense with Shanahan. Yeah. And, and shout out to, uh, to late round QB JJ Zacharyson kind of put this out there in one of his shows that like, breakout running backs come from ambiguous situations. That was one of his things that he looked at this offseason. Go check out his podcast for more details. But basically, this backfield is entirely yeah. ambiguous, right? Like, is it going to be Tevin Coleman one week? Is it going to be Raheem Mostert? There's rumblings. Jarek McKinnon might be on the field this year. Who knows? Um, now, we can all say what we think about those things. But regardless, the point is, there are touches to go around. It's a good offense. And we want the, the running back who's going to be scoring touchdowns in that offense. Um, so I can definitely see the upside for sure. The tough part for me is just... 
man, I'd be sick if I passed on Terry McLaurin or a DJ Chark in that range. Or those guys to me are just. I, I've left my draft with every single draft with those guys, and I, I've kind of taken that strategy. Maybe I need to rethink it a little bit, but certainly the upside is there. We saw it with Raheem Mostert, no doubt about it. John, back to you, man. Hit me with your first league winner here in 2020. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with the mustachio Gene Schwer and Gardner Minshew. Um, man, yeah, he just, buddy, let's go. Hey, hey, are you taking him in round one for the uh, Bud Light No, or what? because I don't feel like losing. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lose a league that I paid to get into for a $20 case of beer that's cost less $20. Well, for the case case. Like, that's what they're giving you, not not the six-pack. Okay, okay, we're talking the about case. the big case. Yeah. All right. Like, I, I, my league dues are, are more than that as it is. I'd just go buy the beer if I want it. But no, I'm not taking him at the first. But he was already a great late round value um, coming into this season. What we saw from him last year looked pretty good. Took the world by storm. Um, the rushing ability that he has is going way overlooked. He had 344 rushing yards in 14 games. Um, so this is a guy that could give you 400 rushing yards a season. He didn't come in as the starter. Now he knows that he is. He's had all offseason knowing that he's the starter in this offense. Has already started building the, the chemistry with DJ Shark last year. Um, some of the other options that they have down there, they added Tyler Eifert, who put together a full healthy season. I think he's a tight end sleeper this year as well. Um, this offense could be interesting. And then they just shipped out Leonard Fournette. Um, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's just personality, if it's a combination of that and just a terribly run organization, because it seems like they are. Um, we had the Yannick and Gagwe situation yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know everything that went into why Leonard Fournette got released 10 days before the season. That's just doing someone dirty. Um, but I think that with Leonard Fournette gone, and we talked about this backfield, being a little bit of an enigma as it is, and definitely you lose, you know, a thousand yard running back. It's going to go more on Gardner Minshew. This is a team that is going to be playing from behind a lot. This is a garbage time quarterback that I'm just like, remember the good old days of Andy Dalton, like six years ago in Cincinnati, where you could count on it. Like every single week in the fourth quarter, there was going to be an extra like hundred yards and a touchdown to AJ green because this team was playing from behind every single week. That's what it's going to be like with Gardner Minshew. Garbage time still matters for fantasy football. And I think that he's going to give you some really nice numbers. Dude, can I just piggyback Absolutely. on that very quickly? I mean, you talk about you talk about garbage time points. I mean, hell, you don't have to go very far other than Duval. You guys remember Blake Bortles, Bortles in garbage time? <laughs> Somehow, Bortles Blake in garbage Bortles time was Robinson, the best Bortles. It was incredible. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. I 100% agree. This team is absolute yep. garbage. This team is trash. And their defense is so bad that, yeah, they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Gardner Minshew, uh, to me, I, that's a great call. And he's going so, so late, late in drafts, you know. The, the, the yeah. crazy thing is that Budweiser commercial actually helped raise his profile to the point where we are seeing his draft value uh, rise a little bit, which is so funny because that never ever works. But with Gardner Minshew, it has yeah. worked. He's such a uh, such a magnetic personality. And, and man, I'll tell you what, man, he's a guy that I absolutely, I just want to yep. draft him. You know, I don't know what round I'm going to do it, but I, I just want, I, I'm going to overpay. I'm 100% going to overpay because you know what? Fantasy is yeah. about fun. I just want to have yes. fun. Yes. You know what I mean? Like get, <laughs> That's amazing. Get, I'll, I'll take this dude in the 12th sure. round. 
I know that's a stupid pick. I don't care. Let's do it. I, I'm in, man. I'm with you guys on this. Uh, yeah, like we talked about it before Leonard Fournette, and now there is no right. Leonard Fournette. Like they have to throw the ball. And, you know, fifth most rushing guards at the quarterback position, that's obviously in fantasy gold for your lineup. So I'm with you guys. And in super flex leagues, like if you're playing a two quarterback league, smash the draft button early because the value is just insane. You can get him as a quarterback two in like the last round of your draft. Yeah, he was, he was only yes, take he was less Minshew. than two fantasy points per game behind Kyler Murray last year. And Kyler Murray's going as like, wow. The, wow. you know, a top five quarterback off the board right. and Gardner Minshew's free. Like the, the value is, is insane. He, yeah. Please take him. Have fun. Get the shirt with the glasses and the mustache on it. Just have fun and go all in on the Gardner Minshew train. Yep. Love it. Fellas, my first league winner for this season is Mr. Kareem Hunt. And I feel like I have to put a little context around what league winner is. Like We're not talking about, oh, like take take Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to win your league this year, obviously. (laughs) Right. We're talking about guys outside of the first four or five rounds. And Kareem Hunt, to me, is a guy that presents the running back number one overall upside should anything happen to Nick Chubb. Now, obviously, with Nick Chubb there, that's not going to happen. But we've seen what Kareem Hunt can do in this league. It's a a really run-focused scheme, potentially, there. In uh, in Cleveland, they've everything they've told us is we want to build around the line and around play action passing. They go out and they spend up on on tight end. They draft uh, an offensive tackle. They draft or excuse me, sign uh, Jack Conklin in free agency. Like everything says, like all right, we're rebuilding the line. We're redoing everything. We're gonna get it right. And call me crazy, I'm buying back <laughs> into the bounce back for the Browns this season. I've done it one too many times, but hey, here we are. Um, and the offense in general, man, last year was just so dysfunctional. I want pieces this year and it's because I believe in the bounce back of that offense. Like I said, if Nick Chubb goes down, cream hunt locked and loaded every single week in your lineup, what would you guys say? Top five running back in rankings, probably on a weekly basis. If Nick Chubb is out. Yeah. Yep. Easily. Easily. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's what you're getting now. If you're if Nick Chubb's there, obviously it's not the same, but you can still get him as an RB two type flex type player. So I'm intrigued by Kareem Hunt this year. Uh, what are your fellow thoughts on that? Um, for me, Kareem Hunt is a player that certainly, as you mentioned, comes with extreme upside because he can potentially be uh, should Chubb miss time, be a, a top five, uh, not just running back, he could be a top five player uh, in fantasy this year. The only problem for me is that he also comes with extreme downside. Um, the idea that they will utilize um, him, Kareem Hunt, in the exact same way as they did last year as a as a consistent pass catcher, it could be true. It could also not be true at all. Um, so I, I'm just not sure. You know, this is not Freddie Kitchens in there right now. They've got a brand new coaching staff. They've got a, a whole new set of ideas. Um, we know for almost for sure they're going to be running a lot of outside zone there. Does Kareem Hunt fit into that? Um, they did run a little bit of outside stuff, um, or they ran a lot of outside stuff uh, stuff in KC. And, and, you know, obviously he's got the speed to do it. But um, who knows? We don't know what the running back rotation is going to look like. I mean, it, it may very well be a 50-50 split, or it might just be that Stefanski and them, they just want to run uh, Nick Chubb right into the ground. You, you just don't know. So I think 
I do, and especially with no preseason or training, uh, you know, visible training camp r- reports that you could re- uh, reliably uh, kind of go off of. I, I just think he comes with great upside, but man, he comes with a lot of downside too. Yeah, he does. It's it's tough for me because he is so talented and he's so good and he's very good in the passing game. Um, they used Dalvin Cook well in the passing game uh, in Minnesota, where Stefanski's coming from. I'm I am wondering if we're going to see Kamara kind of take over as almost like a third down specialist in this offense, though. If I'm, I'm sorry, Kareem. Kareem. Is he getting traded? Maybe. Yeah, he's getting traded <laughs> to the Browns. What a three-headed yes. monster. Breaking news. <laughs> well, line Kamara up at slot receiver. Um, sorry, Kareem can take over as like a third down specialist potentially in this offense. But again, yeah, the, the workload split is going to be something to monitor early and often um, in this offense in the season as it gets underway because we don't know how it's going to be utilized. Um I do think that he probably has standalone flex value. I think that that's maybe safe to say um, because I don't think that you bring him back on a fairly expensive tag if you're not planning on utilizing him in the offense. So I think that he's got a role. We just don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. Yeah, and I just want to be clear too. Like I have a little bit of money on Nick Chubb to win the Russian title. So I'm not (laughs) saying that that, uh, Kareem Hunt's going to come in and just like you know, no. get out of the way, Nick Chubb. I'm just saying, if anything would happen, like, the ceiling is insane. All right, James, back to you, man. Hit us with your second league winner here this season. Oh, man. You know, I really like the prospects for Joshua Kelly, rookie running back out of UCLA there with the LA Chargers. Um, there's just so much to like. You know, I, here's the thing. I, clearly, Austin Eckler is the guy. He's the 1A in that backfield. No question about it. But... As my, and, and there is not a bigger Austin Eckler fan uh, in the fantasy space than myself. I, I love Austin Eckler. I, I have him as a top 10 player. And, and uh, to me, it's not, you know, debatable. But that being said, we also know what he is. You know what I mean? He's not necessarily an every down guy. Now, he'll be on the field every down, right? But at what position will it be? Will it be in the backfield? Will it be in the slot? Will he be, will he run flanker? Because he could do that too. Uh, you know, so they've util- they found ways to get him the ball in different situations, but it doesn't mean they abandon the backfield. I mean, we know this head coach is a guy that is a former running back, right? So he's going to look for ways to kind of get traditional running backs involved as well. And that to me is Joshua Kelly. Nothing against Justin Jackson. He's an okay player. Um, but I think he is a rotational player at best. And to me, Joshua Kelly, when you look at the size, you look at the strength, you look at the speed, his athletic profile, to me reads like a much more traditional early down thumper. Uh, and, and if we, and if he can claim that job, if he can claim that job and just get you know anywhere between eight to twelve touches a week, all of a sudden we're talking about a guy that you took in the double digit rounds, uh, maybe facing you know maybe potentially looking at you know anywhere between eight to ten touchdowns. I think this offense is going to move. I'm not scared about Tyrod Taylor. I'm not scared about the rookie quarterback. I, I think this this offense can still move. Uh, and and if we're looking at decent touchdown upside, decent yardage upside. Joshua Kelly in the double-digit yeah. rounds is a player that I think no, can I help you win a championship. That um, that's something that I've been on kind of this offseason, and and the reports are indicating it. They're saying that he's doing incredibly well in camp and that he's carving out that role. I think it's his. 
and Austin Eckler is amazing at what he provides to you as an offensive weapon and a fantasy asset. But yeah, he's not someone that's going to get back there and carry the ball 225, 250 times. That's not his game. He's a PPR monster and incredibly athletic when he gets into open field and gets a lot of touchdowns in the receiving game. They still need a running back, like you said, to get eight to 12 to 14 carries a game um, and goal line work. And if, if that's, if that's Joshua Kelly, that's awesome. That is a very valuable role to have and someone that could emerge as an RB2 or a weekly flex play depending on the matchup with, you know, yeah, high touchdown upside, 8 to possibly 10 um, in that offense. So, yeah, I, I love that call, especially how Lady's going. Um, I feel like there's a lot, of, a lot of redrafters, a lot of people that might not even – he might not even be on the radar at this point. So, you know, get ahead of your your home leagues. Uh, feel free to take him a round or two ahead of his ADP before he even starts making his way onto the list that they're looking at the draft from. Um, right. I think he's got a good role in that offense. Yeah, you got to scroll scrolling. all the way down <laughs> in the draft uh, app, whatever you're using, to find his name. Um, I was just on the Fade the Chalk podcast yesterday with good friend of the show, Derek Brown. He's part of uh, Fade the Noise. And he was bringing up Josh Kelly, and he was just like so excited about him and and talking about how he's like this an insane value. And then I, I thought about it, and I was like, I'm not sure, man. I don't really know. And then I was like, wait a minute. Justin Jackson is currently dealing with a foot injury, and every clip that you see from camp is Joshua Kelly carrying the ball. So, yeah, there's a role there. And like you said, the risk is so low that, yeah, he could be massive uh, this season. Double-digit round target. For sure. Yeah. John, back to you, man. Um, Hit us with we kind of started the show talking about Joe Mixon uh, in that Cincinnati backfield, getting that money and us having some questions about how this offense is going to look. Um, but I think that Tyler Boyd is a great value right now. Um, he's currently coming off the board, let's see, somewhere around the wide receiver 25 mark. Um, this is a guy that's put up back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Um, he now, you know, has... Uh, theoretically an upgrade at the quarterback position. We'll see, you know, kind of how fast Joe Burrow takes off in the NFL and gets acclimated and up to speed. But if Joe Burrow is as advertised, then he's the best quarterback and the healthiest quarterback that, that we've seen Tyler Boyd play with. Um, So if he comes in and, and this offense really gets moving, Tyler Boyd lining up at the two, having AJ Green back is very, very beneficial to him as well. His splits a couple years ago were way better when he had AJ Green on the field. Now, we don't know if AJ Green is going to be there for a full 16, but I think that he's going to be a big benefactor in this offense. And if this offense can can really get moving, um, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons is is nothing to to shy away from. He he's, looks like a solid wide receiver, too, um, that you can be getting, you know, as your th- third wide receiver easily, potentially your fourth, depending on how you draft. Um, I think that he's a good value for where he's going and has some strong upset. Yes. Boyd is a, a an Okada favorite. He loves Tyler Boyd. Um, yeah, and, and it is, he is what he is, right? He's a, a solid high-end wide receiver too, potentially, in my opinion. That's where he could be. If anything happened to AJ Green, we saw it last year. He wasn't really that efficient, but the volume was insane with the amount of targets he saw. And so, yeah, he's a guy that I feel like is going under the radar. There's not as much shine on on the team just because they're like, oh, AJ Green's back. Maybe Tyler Boyd's not going to be that great. But like you're saying, you know, just a couple years ago, he was better when AJ Green was in the lineup. So 
maybe it's a good thing for Tyler Boyd. I certainly like him in PPR formats. Yep, I'm all over it as like your wide receiver three or four at current ADP. Yes, please. Fellas, last name here on the list, Michael Gallup. I have been rising on Michael Gallup so much over the past two to three weeks with just realizing like he and Amari Cooper were the same player last year. And what I mean by that is the amount of targets differed by seven. Michael Gallup only saw seven less targets. He posted the six most receiving yards per game last year in the NFL. We're talking about Michael Gallup, a guy who no one thinks of as having that, you know, wide receiver one potential in Dallas because Amari has the contract. Amari has the draft capital. They traded for him and all that stuff. But in reality, this offense, man, is just going to be humming this year. Like, I- I'm projecting, like, potentially a Chiefs, like, 1B offense, maybe. I mean, last year they led the league in-, in yards per play. They were extremely explosive. I want pieces of this offense, but I'm not willing to take Amari Cooper at his ADP. And so, for me, I can go a little bit cheaper about four rounds later and get Michael Gallup and have almost the same production. Sign me up, guys. To me, he's a league winner. I'm loving him as my wide receiver three in every draft I've done. James, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with that 100% all the way, man. All the way. Um, you know, again, this is a this is an offense that's going to move. You know, good offensive line. They've got Ezekiel Elliott, you know, Dak Prescott uh, chasing that bag as well. And, and, and arguably, I would say arguably the best three receivers. Yeah. Uh, set in the NFL, right? I mean, you're talking about Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb now. Uh, We don't even talk about Blake Jarwin, who I think, you know, addition by subtraction, you know, this is a team that, you know, lost Jason Winton in free agency. Use the air quotes on lost, but um, I think think having Blake Jarwin uh, there, playing more snaps, stretching the seams, um, I think that will be uh, hugely beneficial to that passing attack. And, and, and basically I know I'm talking about all these other players, but it all feeds yep. back into touchdown upside. And for me, you want pieces of an offense, uh, that have tremendous touchdown upside. And certainly Dallas will be one of those teams. It's a big reason why, you know, and again, I talked about this on my podcast before, but just why are people taking Kyler Murray ahead of Dak Prescott? I, I do not understand this mentality. I, I just, I don't get it. And is it because Kyler is, is the new name on the, the new kid on the block? Is that what it is? Because when I look at it on paper, it doesn't even, it's not even close. You should be taking Dak ahead of, uh, of Kyler Murray each and every time by a couple of rounds. So I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not understanding that. But again, to your point, Michael Gallup, 100% man. You're getting him on the cheap. I think he's basically Amari Cooper. He's the same, you know, player in terms of fantasy stats. And, and to me, I, I think you're getting Amari, basically that player at an extreme discount. I, I, I'm i with that 100%. Yeah, I, I'm behind I that all that. the way. I, I've been rising hard on him over the last couple months as I've been kind of thinking about it more and looking at it. This is the guy that lines up at the X position in this offense. It's not Amari Cooper that lines up at the X. It's Michael Gallup. He's the one that is lining up on the outside with the touchdown upside. He's the deep ball target. He's the jump ball guy. He's he's that wide receiver in this offense. I don't know. I think this is going to be a massive coming out party for Michael Gallup this year. Like 1,200 yards, 10 to 12 touchdowns could easily happen in this offense. He wasn't far off that last year, and he missed, I think, two games, if I remember right. So this is going to be a 
Yep, with yep. a little so meniscus repair. This is going to be uh, a surgery. big coming out party, yeah, I think, procedure. for Michael Gallup yep. in the seventh round. That's where he's currently going. I am smashing that every single time. Yes, sir. We just had uh, Matt Harmon on the show last week. He, of course, dropped by with the reception perception yeah, knowledge, was. and he was just glowing about Michael Gallup this year <laughs> uh, and also threw a little shade at Amari saying that Michael Gallup plays the harder position in the Dallas Cowboys offense. So you love to hear it. James, I knew you were a good guy because you agree with that Michael Gallup take. Uh, let the people know more about what you're working on and your podcast and where they can find you on social media, all that great stuff. Yeah, man. Um, I appreciate you guys giving me the time to talk about it. But, you know, I started a, a new podcast, it's a new micropod series that I'm, I'm, I'm calling a micropod. I don't think it's a thing, but I'm trying to make it a thing. Uh, <laughs> you just keep saying it enough, it'll happen. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's five minutes long, um, essentially. And um, and for me, I, you know, there's a lot of folks like myself out there that love fantasy football, but I don't have time. I just don't have the time to consume an hour-long podcast. Um, and so I want to make a podcast for folks like myself. You know, I've, I've, I'm working, you know, two jobs, three, four, five jobs. I literally took home seven 1099s last year, but um, I've got multiple Jeez. jobs. I've got multiple kids. And it's like, I just don't have the time. So um, five minutes, all the fantasy advice you need. Um, I add, you know, my own personality, my own flair to it and everything. So um, I think it's a fun, I think it's a fun show. I would love for people to give it a try. <laughs> it's five minutes. Just give it a try at least, you know, it's called fantasy five uh, with James Coe. <laughs> Uh, it is starting to get imitated a little bit in the fantasy space. And I, and at first I was kind of like upset by it, but then I'm kind of like, ah, you know what, man, it's actually kind of cool that, you know, um, uh, other folks, other large entities are taking notice and, and kind of, um, trying to take that concept as well. So, uh, but just give it a try. It's called fantasy five. Um, and would love for people to just give that podcast a try. Uh, obviously it's another season for me over at direct TV, which is going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. You'll see, you know, my crazy <laughs> wacky skits over there. Um, and I'm also going to be <laughs> yes. back with Amazon prime this year for their NFL show called NFL next, uh, working alongside Kay Adams and Chris long, yep. uh, two fabulous co-hosts as well. Could not ask for a better cast, um, focusing on next gen stats and Thursday night football, uh, in that role. So it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And I'm really looking forward to this That's upcoming awesome. season. Yeah, man, we're with you on that. It's, it's crazy, right? Like by the time this drops, like it's going to yeah. be like a week from tonight, like football is happening. Yeah. <laughs> Just crazy next Thursday. So yeah, man, we're with you. We're super excited. Uh, John, um, I don't think so. Draft Michael out? Gallup and win your league. Um, that's basically where I'm going to say. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that. just uh, thank you so much, James, for, for coming on with there us. Really go. appreciate you taking the time. I'm excited for everything that you got going. That Amazon show um, last year was fantastic. I'm excited to see it back up and running and see where you guys take it from there. Oh, thanks, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I absolutely. appreciate One that. One of my favorites for sure. Uh, James, let the people know where they can they find you on Twitter or any other social media that you want to plug. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, on um, all the platforms, whether it's Facebook, Twitter or um, Instagram, I'm not on TikTok, you guys. I, I don't I don't feel like giving my uh, I don't feel like giving my personal information to uh, Chinese nationals. I, it's just not my thing. Uh, but uh, uh, find me on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at James D. Co. My last name is spelled K.O.H. Perfect. Follow James, follow John at Dynasty Beard. I'm at the Fantasy nah. PT. I guess we can give a shout out to Okada. Follow him at Matt Okada. <laughs> the show is at Richards FF Pod. We will see you guys next week. Until then, you're the Richards.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.